0: It's hour number two of the game the game after work game after dark just
1: about it's dark it's bad yesterday at 6 30 it was it looked like it was a midnight i hate daylight savings time and i say savings yeah because it likes it makes me feel like i'm in on some kind of sale or
0: deal well, yeah, hey, uh, we're day in big 12 basketball yesterday. Actually, weird. I want to I, I, we'll get to that at 525. I do want to get to Coach Kleiman in his press conference earlier today. Um, so it was explained after the game. So the second to last drive for K State against Texas. They're driving.'re they're, they're using a lot of time. They were starting to get some moans and groans from the fans because there' was a feeling like clock management wasn't in the works. And just kind of, you know, using a lot of time on the play clock before snaps. And I was I was feeling that way, too. It was explained later on that um, they were down Malik Knowles. They were down Cade Warner. They had to roll in some other guys. I know Xavier Lloyd got into the game. Uh, RJ Garcia got a couple of targets. He had a catch or two. I can't remember exactly how many he had. Uh, but uh, you know the normal three wide receivers, it just wasn't what it was. and you know maybe there's some communication issues, alignment issues they had to use some of the play clock. I mean to me that kind of is a, uh, a shot at the depth or the lack thereof when it comes to depth at the line or the uh, wide receiver position after being told that the uh, wide receivers might be the deepest uh, position on the team. But I wasn't happy about it and coach Kleiman said they should have probably got the play calls in a little bit quicker. Now I think we' there is, maybe backing up the decision, was on the last drive. K-State picks up a fourth down with 40-ish seconds to go. Yes. And it's a catch by Deuce Vaughn, a great scramble by Adrian Martinez. And we can talk quarterbacks here in just a moment if you want to, DG. But um, so Deuce makes the catch, and they got two timeouts. Not calling the timeout. Mm -hmm. I probably should have been more professional, but I got out of my chair – and I said in a raised voice, why aren't we not using a timeout here? Mm-hmm. Now, I should probably be more professional. I mean, the coaches are right next to me. I don't want to be rude. They're trying to do their job. I'm trying to do mine. We don't tell each other how to do our jobs. But as a fan, we kind of have sure. to. We're supposed to, right? We're supposed to tell the coaches how to do their jobs once in a while. How?
1: You can't turn that off.
0: No. But uh, Coach Kleiman did talk about the clock management at the end of the game. And specifically what I was talking about there in the last drive, not using that timeout before the play that ended up being a fumble.
2: There's really the only one that is to talk about, and that's the last sequence of the game. And Colin and I were on the right page of, we got a first down, the clock stopped. You don't want to waste a timeout when the clock stops. And we both said, let's go one more play. And if we stay in bounds, we'll use one. And we didn't get that play because we ended up getting stripped on that play.
0: So here, here is my argument, and that is, I mean, the play was, I mean, it wasn't a big chunk, was it wasn't a big chunk play? I, I can't remember what it was, but you know, it was like seven or eight yards, and they pick up the first down. The clock wasn't going to be stopped for that long, and it, it, when you're you, you just now got into Texas territory, and you got less than a minute to go. You need to save as much time as possible. And then with the play calling moving on, start looking at the sidelines or start trying to put more effort into getting out of bounds. They were previously, but now really make it an emphasis because you know Texas was going to play back and just try to not let you score a touchdown. You could have probably got some easy out routes and then set yourself up for a game-tying play, potentially. I did not like not using the time out there. I I thought that waste it still wasted some time, especially when time at that t- was a premium. And so I I respectfully disagree with that decision that was made by Bo- Co- Co- coach Kleiman and coach Klein.
1: Yeah, it, I get you, you understand where people are coming from. But when you have two timeouts in your pocket like that, spend them, man. 40 seconds, what are we waiting for? I just he can say whatever he wants. He's forgot more f- about football than I'll ever know. But
0: it's just. Yeah. Well, I agree with Kels in the first hour. Like I would agree with Coach Kleiman more than I would probably agree with myself, sure, or just somebody in the media. But you know, and, and Kels brought the argument where you know all that winning at North Dakota State probably didn't have many, you know, two minute drives where he had to worry about clock management. I mean, they've had a few circuit. They've sure. had a few moments. In the time of K State, right. especially Colin Klein as a player, he's definitely ran into those scenarios once in a while yeah. to try to budget that time a lot better. But learn from mistakes, I guess. Or at least I consider it a mistake. But um, back to Malik Knowles and, and Cade Warner. So at the press conference afterwards, Cade Warner was in a boot, and that worried me because Cade Warner is kind of doing a really good job at wide receiver in Big 12 play. Wow. I mean, kind of off the charts compared to where he was the rest of his previous four years And now he's scored four touchdowns, and he's scored in like back-to-back-to-back games or something like that. Uh, I think Cade Warner is doing a a fantastic job, and Malik Knowles was a little banged up as well. We got an update on them.
2: I don't see uh, Malik uh, or Cade practicing today. Our hope is to get him back on Wednesday. That's what the trainers have said, whether it's in a limited role or whether it's more full speed. But um, we believe both are going to be available.
0: So the last three weeks... I felt really good about passing against Texas, being able to pass against them, also passing against TCU and passing against Oklahoma State. I thought that's where K-State was gonna make their have their best plays was in the passing game. I mean, Will was certainly doing that against Oklahoma State and TCU, and then Texas, who's, you know, I, I think is kind of about as good as TCU when it comes to the pass defense. But Adrian still had one of his best games ever of throwing the football. I'm not going to fault him for this loss. And I said on Thursday, I wanted Will Howard to be the guy because I'm just, I want to go with the hot hand. He did so well against Oklahoma State. But you also got to keep in mind is you know, there, there was a, a pretty big step up in just the overall play, the defense that they were facing compared to Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State was dead last in the conference in stopping the pass. And Will Howard threw all over him. And you can make the argument that Baylor, I mean, Baylor is the next step up. It's probably the hardest defense they're going to play against in the last three or four weeks. So, Coach Kleiman, it was brought up again about the red shirts. And Coach Kleiman brought up that, uh, you know, not fully decided on how they're going to go with moving
2: forward with the red shirt and using Will
0: Howard if needed.
2: He and I are still having that conversation, so I don't want to speak to it yet until I get a chance to to truly visit with him. I know Colin visited with both he and Adrian. We still have a plan, and um, Will understands the plan, uh, and uh, we'll keep him uh, abreast and uh, of the situation. And I look at it from Will's point of view, and I've not played a full season yet. And whether that is by default of Skyler getting hurt or uh, by Adrian coming here and playing, and I, I know the competitive side of Will wants to play a full season,
0: and I hear. A- Competitive side wants to play a full season. I'm sure Will Howard feels like he deserves that full season, and he's not going to get that full season this year. Obviously, Adrian Martinez was brought in as a ringer. He was going to be the first string guy. If healthy, he was going to play over Will Howard. You just go back to day one and who earned the job. It was Adrian Martinez. Will Howard wasn't ready to take on first string yet. But I think he's proven to us in the last couple of games that he could probably take on more than we think. But if it gets to, I'm sorry, turn off your microphone there, but if it gets down to, especially in the game against Baylor, where you know your second tie for second place in the big 12 standings is up for you know is in jeopardy and Adrian is struggling or maybe he isn't 100 percent, any situation, screw the red shirt. Because now it's do or die. Big 12 championship positioning is on the line, and to me, I Big 12 championship is more of a priority than Will Howard redshirting. If eight, I want Adrian to play well, don't get me wrong. Right. This is this is nothing bad. I'm not talking any anything bad about Adrian Martinez. I think he's a great quarterback and he's done a lot of great things for K State this season. But if it's necessary, screw the redshirt at this point but i'm not blaming the loss on adrian martinez no. to me it wasn't no. his fault the defense gave up 31 points in the first half no and
1: if you if you especially if you were there um i'm sure it was you could tell on tv as well but um they sucked the they sucked the momentum out of that stadium by just driving down the field like A hot knife through butter four straight times.
0: It was embarrassing. It's because that Texas offensive line is really good. They schemed well. And also, I wanted to bring this up as well, the kick return. K-State did not have a lot of great field position, and that's because Texas saw something. And, I mean, at some point you just kind of have to concede if you're K-State late in the game and, you know, just fair catch at some point, set yourself up at the 25 yard line, because every time you try to return a kick, you're just getting stuffed. Texas saw something on, on film that they could exploit.
1: I've never seen that before as sitting in the South end zone. I had never seen a team line it up that way without onsighting it. It was insane. That that was, I, and like I said before, I've never been blessed with speed. I don't know what it's (laughs) like to be fast. I don't, but, When I watch number four run, I can't help but think, like, it looks like he's not running as hard as he can. I want to see him full sprint, like, just go. If they give you a gap like that, exploit it. Like, you're fast enough to get around the corner on that. But I do think what happened for him was the blocking in front. They haven't, they never, they weren't prepared for that. And it's tough when you're like, oh God, okay, they're lining up. And then they're kicking it, and you're like, oh, they're actually kicking it. It's tough on the fly to, to, to realize what you're doing and, and execute it. I get it. Um, But back to our original point, I don't care if it would have been Lynn Dickey himself <laughs> that came out and played quarterback for K-State. They got beat on in the first half defensive-wise. They just got smoked. And when they had that final score in the first half to make it 31-10, they were done. They were spent. And it had been a deal where I think if it would have been a closer game and it would have been one of those like momentum swings back and forth, I think, Adrian, we wouldn't be talking about Will at all because I thought he played pretty pretty well. I thought his worst play was the last one, the very last play of the game where it was like, the fumble. Yeah, I still. You're just, well, I
0: thought his worst play was the interception. That was a bad
1: throw. That yeah. was a bad throw too. Yeah, I, th- that was a stu- That was not a stupid, but it was a bad throw. Um, and also, I, I don't know, the that we talked about it earlier today. That defensive holding call on Eli Huggins. That's the worst call I've ever seen in my life. But if if it wasn't for that referee in New York calling the uh the penalty against the salute. That'd be the worst play of uh, call I've ever seen. Defensive holding on a run is—that's insane. The, I I have never seen that before in my life. A lot of firsts on Saturday for sure. It was brutal.
0: It was tough for Casey to get a call All to good. go their way. Yes, and especially in some great circumstances, you know the no call on the the face mask to Deuce Vaughn and yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Kind of it was kind of a rough night there, yeah. but. Um, K State gave up their, uh, their, uh, their leeway. You know their breathing room in the standings. Um, I, I knew this this three games this three game set this gauntlet that I thought that was left on the schedule with Texas, Oklahoma State, and TCU would be tough. If they could get two wins, that's amazing. One win, it's not like you're out of it. Right. You know, I, I mentioned in the first hour, Kelce Robinette did all the work to determine you know what it takes for K State now to get to Arlington. Well, it's going to take some work, and it's probably going to take winning out. Um, heck, I mean, the Kansas Jayhawks are still in the conversation if you can believe that, yeah, yeah. um and, and they need a lot of work to get done, too, including a win in Manhattan. But uh, beating k u in three weeks, do some quick math in my head three weeks um uh, is absolutely necessary. but of course, just to have any pride, it's probably absolutely necessary, of course, to beat the Kansas Jayhawks, but even even Baylor, I mean, they've won their last three games after starting 3-3. Three and three. They're now much better than what we – I mean, three weeks ago, we saw the Baylor game as like, well, super glad that's on the road. I know. Because that should be a lot easier game. Because Blake Shapin wasn't playing great football, and now they're all playing a lot better. And, <sighs> and now, you know, Baylor finds himself in a three-way tie with Texas and K-State, and the Cats need TCU to beat Texas. Mm-hmm. Now you're rooting for TCU to win games and go undefeated. So they can knock Texas out of that second-place spot. But, of course, K-State just has to win out at this mm-hmm. point.
1: We control our own destiny, and the destiny is win them all. Every one of well, them. Well, technically,
0: K-State does not control its own That's destiny true. because That's of Texas. True.
1: That's true, because even if they do and Texas wins, yeah.
0: But Texas still has to play – let's see, they still have to play TCU. They still, I believe they still have to play Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um. You? KU. Uh, well, of course. I mean, they got to play up in Lawrence this year. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, might boy. as well send those boys to war. Right? That's, <laughs> that's a lot to ask for to go up in the Lawrence and pick up a win if you're the Texas Longhorns. Look out, Steve Sarkeesian, <laughs> lackluster Lance, looking to get you guys again. It's going. All right, let's take a timeout. Let's talk K State hoops when we come back on the game. Hey, Big Steve. Question for you: Have you ever heard of the movie called Santa with Muscles? <laughs> no,
2: but I have a feeling you're about to tell me about it.
0: Well, okay. So another uh, hint of why we just get into the Christmas mood way too early. I mean, let like, let get things into get,
2: Christmas when December starts, let, please. We're well, not
0: even to Turkey Day yet. I, I okay? don't care if it if it's right after you have your Thanksgiving dinner. If you want to start setting up Christmas, whatever. I'm just more of a, let's get to Thanksgiving first, and then we can go, let's go holiday by holiday, if you know what I mean. But this, uh, I, I saw this pop up on Twitter. This came out 26 years ago today. Santa with muscles. I mean, that sounds like just a terrible movie, but made in 1996. It was a family comedy starring Hulk Hogan and a, very, and a young uh, Mila Kunis. Was also in the movie. Okay. It's basically about this guy who's being chased by cops, Hulk Hogan. And uh, he ends up running into a mall to try to get away from them. And then he decides to get in disguise as Santa Claus. Hey, and brother, I'm
2: Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I give it a five. Yeah.
2: Brother. Yeah. A five. <laughs> I appreciate five. the effort. Yeah. Solid five. Yeah.
1: A strong, I'd say a strong six. I'm a going strong, strong six. Yeah.
0: You just became my new favorite person. <laughs> Thank you. I like it. Now, if you would have started doing, like, body presses and twenty-four, <sighs> twenty-four 24-inch candy canes, brother. Whoa. Now we're dipping into sevens and eights here. Wow. Um, but anyway, so anyway, gets into costume as Santa Claus- And somebody at the mall be like, oh, hey, Santa, you're here. We need to get you up to the front with the kids. And he becomes mall Santa. And uh, (laughs) as you can imagine, um, gets a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. 25? Oh, my God. He's no Tim Allen, his whole (laughs) co-game. You said it was called Santa with Muscles? Santa
2: with Muscles. They missed the opportunity to call it Jacked Santa. Come Uh on. That probably would have scored better.
1: Anything that Hulk Hogan touched outside of wrestling just shriveled up and died. I mean, <laughs> nothing was any good. You remember Thunder uh, Thunder and Paradise? You remember that show? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, what about bad. Hulk
0: Hogan and Rocky Thunder like, Lips. Thunderlips.
1: Thunderlips He's fine, but he was on – I saw him on some documentary, and he was like, the reason that Rocky – that Rocky movie did so well is because they were like, oh, my God – He beat the heavyweight champ of the world, Hulk Hogan. He beat him. That's why everybody was so pumped. And it's like, I think he's, Hulk Hogan is insane. He's an insane
0: person. So how about this? What's wild about this is, so Santa with muscles. And again, I've never even heard of it until today, but you can watch it on Tubi. Yeah. Which is like a free movie service. Dude, Uh, rad. Free streaming. It made only two hundred twenty thousand dollars in theaters. But one of the producers of this movie was Jordan Belfort.
1: No way. We're getting in the movie biz, boys. I'm serious.
0: The guy, the subject of Wolf of Wall Street, wow. was a producer on this movie.
1: Wow. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, you gotta change that money out somehow. You gotta launder the money. Might be
0: the cleanest piece of business he's ever done.
1: <laughs> and it did nothing. it made no money. Oh my God, dude, there's a show on Tubi, it's called Revolution, and it was on NBC for a short minute, like two seasons, it's amazing, I've been watching it on Tubi, I love it, it's about one day the all electronics and all engines and stuff just stop on earth, and then it's 15 years in the future, and it's like, people are like crazy, and it's really good, dude, really good.
0: I think the KC men's basketball team last night was really, really good. good. And revolutionary. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you may have noticed before the game, Keontae Johnson was actually asked about it. So Keontae, you know, his big story is he hasn't played a, a real basketball game like an official NCAA basketball game in nearly two years. Yeah. When he played at Florida, he collapsed on the floor coming out of a timeout at Florida State during the COVID year. And since then, he hadn't played an official game. He played his first official game coming back from that moment last night, and he was getting national attention for that. And I love that Sports Center, the NCAA, CBS Sports, uh, Dick Vitale all noticed this story uh, because it wasn't like you know K State was just pumping it out there that hey Keontae Johnson collapsed two years ago, he's back and he's with the Cats. I mean that wasn't like it wasn't like they were singling him out for that moment, but the but the country was paying attention. Yeah, and they're paying attention to Coach Tang and they're paying attention to the story of Keontae Johnson Mm -hmm. making this return. And man, was he good! He was fifty percent from the field. Uh, Unfortunately, didn't. uh, Well, he did make. uh, He he made three of his five three pointers. He was perfect at the free throw line. Thirteen points, a couple of rebounds, and he also made four assists. And Coach Tang has put emphasis on this, and I I love what I did see last night of sharing the basketball. They did have 14 turnovers, but that was a lot better of a number than they had against Washburn, so that improved. The three-point shooting improved. I mean, the shooting in general improved, and the free throw shooting improved. A lot of improvement. Now, I wasn't too happy about the paint play, as in paint defense. Uh, UT Rio Grande Valley tied K-State with points in the paint with 32, and Grand Valley, they, Rio Grande Valley, they lost their best player without 10 minutes, about 10 minutes to go in the game in Justin Johnson, who had 20 points in the game. He was 50% from the field, and they still got into the paint and scored the baskets. But other than that, a well rounded performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. The depth, you could tell that that's there. Um, Marquise Noel was very impressive with his passing. That's the thing. Sharing the basketball, K-State had 25 assists last night.
1: The extra pass, baby.
0: 25 assists on 30 made buckets. Jeez. That is an incredible number. Incredible number. I mean, ET Rio Grande Valley had 9 assists on 20 made buckets. And K-State with 14 as- uh, turnovers last night. So 25 assists to 14 turnovers. Yes, that is. Uh, I, I would say Coach Tang was much happier. As a matter of fact, he didn't really have anything negative to say about last night's performance. I and of course we could, first game we could pick apart things that we didn't like, but I think there was enough to, with the highlight plays, the dunks, the behind the back pass for Marquise Noel to Naquan Tomlin for the dunk. Just the just the exciting plays in the first half. It was a nice little breath of fresh air. It was awesome because there, we saw a whole lot from last night that we would have begged for a year ago. Just to be just from the consistency to the depth. I mean, depth is the big one to me. That was a big eye opener for me. That K State could be nine deep, game in and game out. And I mentioned this in the first hour where we would have begged somebody to come off the bench and give a little bit of depth. I mean, it didn't happen every game. No. Seven would have been a miracle.
1: Yeah. And now we just got guys. We got Like you said earlier, can play multiple positions too. It doesn't have to be rank and file like, hey, this, you only do this. We got guys to throw at you. Oh, my God. It's awesome. I think everybody was, is just excited too because with all the hype, you just never know how it's going to go. And you roll it out there, and it, what if we would have fallen flat on our face and lost last night? No- I mean, it would have been devastated. Devastated.
0: The Cats won 93-59. Now, I, I would say, you know, they're about to go on the road and play Cal on Friday, Friday and uh, they're in Berkeley. Um, playing against a Power 5 opponent on the road you know that might be the next step. Like the the thing that kind of drags out second half energy. And they played two games in exhibition and a team that won eight games last year and got to the free throw line probably too much. Um, that they just didn't have that first half energy. Uh, I mean, if you look at the numbers from last night, K-State shot 51.5% in the first half, down to 39% in the second half. Three-point shooting took a dip. They made nine in the first half, three in the second half, three of 11 in the second half. Yeah, it just – they still – I mean, don't get me wrong, though. They still had – I mean, they put up 41 points in the second half. They were getting to the free throw line and knocking down free throws. But that's just, to me, the next step. was like, can they also now jump this hurdle so early in the year – of putting together a strong 40 minutes instead of just a strong 15 minutes and then kind of more of an average, you know, next 25 minutes right. or
1: so. This team can do it. They will do it.
0: Oh, yes, they will. I can't believe they had six players in double figures, but – and another thing, you know, this is kind of more of a prediction. I mean, there's no first game. I mean, I could tell you this: they're going to do this and that all year long, and that would be amazing if they did everything I said and talked about in this segment about what they could potentially do all year. They might go to the Final Four. <laughs> um, but um, this could be a team that averages five players in double figures and nobody more than fifteen. Oh my God! It just the the scoring was so spread out last night. That's another thing I love so much. Awesome. Johnson had 13, Naquan Tomlin with 14, Marquise Noel with 14, 10 each from Desi Sills and Ishmasud, and 12 from Abayami Egiola. Mentioned the first I love the athleticism from the fives, but also Ishmasud. We watched him struggle a little bit as a starter against Washburn, and then he comes off the bench and is just knocking down a couple of threes, in a, two threes in a row, and is going nuts early with the scoring and scores in double figures off the bench another thing about the depth k-state had 41 points off the bench jeez
1: jeez like half it's crazy i mean you know less not quite but but quite but a lot
0: kind of knocking on the door there anyway i could go on and on about the things i love about this team i'll love it even more if it's consistent on the road against a power five opponent me too so i'm getting ahead of myself maybe a little bit I'd love to see the consistency if they can get it done against Cal. And I think they will. I mean, Cal lost to UC Davis last night. It was an opening night in college basketball. Baylor puts 117 up on Mississippi Valley State, who might be the worst uh, basketball team over the last 50 years. And it, they're just, it, It's been really bad there for a long time. KU beats Omaha 89-64. Texas with a 15-point win against UTEP. TCU, it came down to the wire against Arkansas Pine Bluff, but they won by a point. Oh, TCU looking a little shaky in game number one. What else? Oh, of course. Sam Houston on the road beating the Oklahoma Sooners 52-51. Oklahoma I think an issue from last year has creeped up and is sticking around this year, turnovers. They averaged 15 turnovers a game last year and last night against Sam Houston on a, a, a late bucket for the Bearcats that won it. I think Oklahoma was up double digits with like 10 minutes to go and Oklahoma had 21 turnovers Wow! last night. 21 turnovers and they shot 37% of the game. Ooh. Offensively, the Sooners were not good last night. Uh, they are missing a couple of guys from last year's team that were offensive, great offensive players. They still have some talent from last year. Aye, but, aye, man, aye. I was surprised to see the Bearcats get that win. <laughs> Iowa State takes care of IUPUI. And Oklahoma State, a close win against UT Arlington, 77-66. All right, when we come back, number one song of the day is after the break. Now I know what you're thinking after last night's win over UTRGV 9359, Tang is one to know with the Cats, all the highlights, dunks injected into my veins baby. <laughs> I was really going to bring it today with number one song of the day. And I am. This
1: is bringing it.
0: Talk about 1989 bringing it. I think people know this song. You just got to wait for the chorus to kick in. Is
1: this Peter Cetera?
0: Not quite. Is this
1: Richard Marks?
0: Nah, no, it's not. Are those legit guesses?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the song? Have you I, figured it I, out? I've never,
2: no. Big I'll make Steve? a guess.
0: Well, you just looked at the thing. You no, can't make I'm not. A guess. I'm an audio list. I am an audio list right now. He's gonna guess, and I'm gonna expose him.
2: Bruce Springsteen. <laughs>
0: yeah. No Good. real guess. Ready? Go. I, right. I honestly. Well, don't here happen. we go. Turn it up. Burt Mitchell. Baby, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, number one song from 1989, One Week at Number One, When I'm With You by Sheriff. I never would have gotten that. No, no, no. Nobody knows who Sheriff is. Uh, excuse- Use me Go ahead Oh
1: hold on
2: David G knows who Sheriff is Okay Everybody hold on
1: You guys honestly don't know who Sheriff is You guys are sitting here You're gonna tell me with a straight face That you don't know
2: who Sheriff is No I I will tell you with the straightest of faces That I have no idea Earthly idea who Sheriff is
1: Uh Canadian rock band From the 80's From well, no, Specifically where in Canada Yeah where in Canada If you're a super fan Come on We should know this Toronto You guys don't know that Is that right that is right. You guys oh, are morons, man you've never heard of sheriff.
0: Uh, do they even have sheriffs in Canada? I assume they're just from like Boone <laughs> County, Georgia. <laughs> I don't know, it was Booneville, Missouri. Well, the way they sound, uh, you're right, David G. They actually formed in '79, but they oh. broke up in '85. They had some internal tensions.
1: Well, when you're that famous, <laughs> the celebrity. I know. <laughs> I know. Too many egos. <laughs> Yeah, when you're considered the Canadian Beatles, there's tension in there, you know what I'm saying?
0: A couple of uh, the band members, after they left Sheriff, they formed the next greatest thing and a band called Frozen Ghost. Oh, And they had a lot of minor hits in Canada. Yes, they did. They weren't exactly Rush, but they had some (laughs) hits. Uh, Their keyboardist, Arnold Lanney, uh, ended up becoming a music producer as well for Finger 11, Our Lady Peace and Simple Plan. Wow, okay. Really, he, so he somebody the from
2: there went on to do something cool. Okay. Sure.
0: He was also a member he was also a member of Frozen Ghosts, So this guy really had a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, he did. Money I, coming from all angles. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to diversify, you know? Didn't do it
2: any more money let's go.
1: Hey, are we going on the Frozen Ghost reunion tour? Well, first we got to do the sheriff thing. Oh yeah, I forgot. Damn, that's who. I, if I won a billion dollars, I'm getting See, sheriff. See, they should back be on together. Mitch and Palooza. What, what? Yes. Yeah,
0: right. Yes. Well, they haven't been together since '85. <laughs> I don't. I'm sure they don't have a fund. I mean, I'm sure a, they're not listed. You're a billionaire. You can make it work. All right. Money yeah. talks,
1: Mitch. Money talks.
0: <laughs> what 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 band name would you rather have, Sheriff or Frozen Ghost?
1: Uh, uh Frozen Ghost. I'm going Frozen Ghost. Yeah.
0: But I think, like you know. Sugar. I think Sheriff is just simpler It is When I think Frozen Ghost I'm thinking like Death Metal yeah. <laughs> Like a Death Metal name You know Sheriff is uh, <sighs> Although you start putting that on banners and stuff And you're like who wants to go to that party I
1: know like yeah right No, I'm not me, Cops man. gonna be there Yeah they're gonna bust me dude God these guys I'll, I will say that uh, This song Joe Dirt When it pops in <laughs> When it kicks it pops the boys pretty hard Cause they're showing that gal, and she is my oh, fine. Oh, yeah,
0: Brandy. Oof. She's so fine. Well, Sheriff, during their six years, they put out one album, and they really put a lot of thought in the name of that album, Sheriff, <laughs> and they released it in 82. So if you've been paying attention to the oh. details, you would have noticed, all right, the album came out in 82, but it went number one in 89. 7 years later. How oh. does that work? They're they're already done for 4 years. What the heck? Well, it was the most unlikely number 1 hit of the 1980s. So what happened was back in the day, radio stations would sometimes reintroduce forgotten songs and hopes that it would connect to listeners again kind of give it that second chance red red wine by ub40 is a great example of that oh
1: cool okay
0: um so according to billboard book of one hit wonders which this band of course is it was a music director in phoenix that put the song back on the air in 88 and disc jockeys and program directors across the country heard about the success, like, people start calling in like, oh, I gotta hear that. I gotta hear that song again. Who's it by? Deputy? No, Sheriff. uh, (laughs) It wasn't that good. Calm down. Who's it by? Constable? No. Oh, no.
1: It's Sheriff. Oh, my
0: God. Anyway, so Capitol Records heard about it in circulation again on the playlist. So they're like, alright, we're gonna re-release it as a single. Boom gets the band to number one now even though they're starting to make that money again the band wasn't together even the number one song they're like nah we're not getting back together it's not gonna happen it's like pink
1: floyd man Jeez, these guys got some serious heat
0: well the sheriff guitarist who i brought up earlier he wrote this as a heartfelt ballad as a valentine's day gift for his girl he was dating and it worked because they later got married two years later Uh, They did not. The rest of the band, though, did not want it on the album. They're like, "This is stupid. We don't want this crap." These guys are. But then the producer comes in and says, "Well, what else do you guys got?" They didn't have anything.
1: Nothing. (laughs) So they put it on the album. Oh my god, these guys don't know good music. Come on, this is a great song, and I'm not surprised that it didn't. After it got shelved, you bring it back, and people go, "You know what? That ain't that bad, man. Come on." I could listen to that during the drive at five.
0: So, so after the band broke up, the lead singer, Freddie Kersey, um, ended up becoming a courier. So he would just be delivering packages after this band oh <laughs> broke up God, and so he was, and he delivered a package to the office and this song was playing Oh man! and he started singing along to it and said that he was actually, this, and the receptionist is like, you're full of crap. If you were the lead singer, you'd be decked out in leather and have big hair right now, but you're the opposite. Look at you. You got a buzz cut, you're wearing a helmet, and you got short shorts. Ha, got him.
1: (laughs) You're just a simple courier. Leave. And you go, that's me, man. My band, Sheriff. Nah, man. Take a hike. You mean Frozen. Lance Armstrong. (laughs) Don't you got some more deliveries to make, pal? That's sad, dude. That's a sad... This might be the saddest and also funniest best song ever. I mean, this is crazy.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of sharp turns God, in the a, story.
1: Man, these guys, they skyrocket to fame. And then all the money and the women and the drugs well, and
0: the booze. Well, and it all just feels like a fluke. The guy who wrote the song ended up having the most success. Everybody else, bunch of ding-dongs that barely <laughs> made it because of... Somebody, you know, the the actual smart guy in the band who ended up producing other semi-famous bands. You know, uh, openers for bigger bands, you know, but damn. made some cash. Uh, All
1: right. <laughs> I've been in a couple bands. Oh, yeah, like what? Sheriff? <laughs> damn, really? Yeah. Saw
0: a lot of success with that for the year we were together. Like, you br- bring a, you know, if somebody didn't hear this segment, you brought the band Sheriff. <laughs> Not a, no nobody no nobody one. has a clue no. take a guess of what decade that band is from
1: I mean Travion might know all about them though now listen listen that's true if I were to say there was a band that had a number one hit in the uh, hit, a number one hit and their name was sheriff what decade it's 70s or 80s I think yeah. I mean it's that's it if you were like yeah sheriff And it was in 1996 I'd be like there's no way no way. That's crazy, man,
0: Sheriff. All right, DG, you got a little yeah. uh, ask us anything for us.
1: I do. Today is election day, so the last text that you sent or received, whichever's funnier, that's Ooh. your slogan. We're gonna put that on a sign and hopefully you get some uh, some votes. Um,
0: uh, don't forget, it's Mom's birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Mom!
1: Oh, happy
2: birthday! Don't worry, Mom. I was planning
0: to call after the show.
2: That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, be busy. Mine would be on FXX. They're airing all of the Simpsons elections episodes.
1: LOL. You win. Well, <laughs> you, got it. You, you just win. Oh, that's awful for mine. So I think I win. Um, Hey, man. What is a uh, uh, what cranks your anxiety to 100 for me? It's when I'm paying cash. And they're handing me back to, and I gotta put it back in my wallet, and That's I see behind me, dude. I just lose my mind. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it.
0: When the cats are down a touchdown and driving, but don't take that time out <laughs> with the clock rolling with forty <laughs> seconds to go when you got two left in the pocket. You stand in your chair. All right, we got a balance full two hours tomorrow. We we'll have Derek Young from K State online. Go Cats.